It's January 21st, 2013, and this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. Today we're considering past presidential inaugurations as Barack Obama gets ready to take the oath of office for a second time. We'll also consider the fact that it's our debut episode. We might even have some more things for you to consider. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Peter G. Edmonds Foundation, helping to bring music education to public schools through the donation of didgeridoos. Visit didgeridoosanddon'ts.org for information. And TGI McFlippies, now serving a line of vegan dishes, including the Jack Daniels Soy Patty Melt. TGI McFlippies, flip in some flavor, neighbor. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Consider Our Knowledge. It seems only fitting that we spend this first episode talking about inaugurations. President Obama gets sworn in for his second term today, and that gives us an opportunity to look inside some past inaugurations and consider the little-known facts. Here's the first part in what we hope will be an ongoing series for Consider Our Knowledge. It's about American history, and we're calling it Consider Ourselves. Inauguration Day. It's not only the day on which the president gets sworn in for his new term of office, but a day of national pride that has grown in size and spectacle since George Washington first took the oath at Federal Hall in New York City in 1789. The ceremony has changed over the years, and there's a good deal of largely unknown history surrounding the inauguration ceremony itself. For example, The tradition of the outgoing president attending the inauguration ceremony has not always been upheld. John Adams did not attend the ceremony for Thomas Jefferson in 1801 because of travel difficulties. Woodrow Wilson did not go to the inauguration of Warren G. Harding, but did ride with him to the Capitol building. And Richard Nixon did not attend Gerald Ford's swearing-in in 1974 because he was a dick. In addition to the president, the vice president also takes his oath of office on Inauguration Day. After the vice president has taken the oath, the tradition is for the United States Marine Band to perform the song Hail Columbia. Only once in the 20th century was this not the case. In 1993, after Al Gore was sworn in, new president Bill Clinton played a 12-minute saxophone solo. Now the actual oath that the president takes has been the part of the ceremony that has changed the least since 1789. But when George Washington was first sworn in, it is said that he added the phrase, so help me God, which has become an official part of the oath. It's also rumored that after so help me God, Washington added, no takebacks, no erases. Typically, the most anticipated part of the ceremony is the president's inaugural address to the nation. Abraham Lincoln's second address is still held up as one of the best, but it's far from the longest. William Henry Harrison's speech in 1841 was 8,495 words and lasted two hours. Needless to say, when he died 30 days later of pneumonia, people were glad they wouldn't have to sit through any more of his speeches. Since 1953, a luncheon has been held immediately following the ceremony that is attended by leaders of both houses and the new president and vice president. The outgoing president and vice president are not invited, and since 1993, they have gone to Chili's, where they get a complimentary awesome blossom. 
There is also a tradition of a parade following the luncheon with marching bands and dignitaries traveling down Pennsylvania Avenue from the Capitol to the White House. The president and his family are also a major part of the parade, and people line the route in hopes of catching a glimpse of the first family. In 1977, Jimmy Carter walked all the way from the Capitol to the White House, although for security reasons, subsequent presidents have only walked a part of the way. This is also because no other president has enjoyed the hobby of power walking as much as Jimmy Carter. Inauguration Day has become a day on which the American people can celebrate their country, reflect on the greatness and the history of the office of the president, and consider themselves citizens. But let's be honest, it's probably only fun if the guy you voted for is the one being sworn in. That was the first installment of Consider Ourselves, and we'll hope to bring you more installments from that series over the coming weeks and months. Now, because this is our first episode, we just want to take a minute and let you know what kinds of things you can come to expect from Consider Our Knowledge. Have you ever considered the inner workings of the Supreme Court's rock-paper-scissors method of voting? Have you ever considered what happened to the cast of The Adventures of Pete and Pete? Have you ever considered the high-stakes world of professional Scrabble? I'm Connor Bentley. If you have considered these things, or even if you haven't, tune in to Consider Our Knowledge, where we'll tell you what kinds of things you should be considering, like the largely forgotten backwoods folk electronica movement of Eastern Kentucky, or sock puppet Shakespeare. Consider Our Knowledge, because considering is the first step to knowing. Hopefully that gives you a taste of what we'll be doing here at Consider Our Knowledge. Make sure to look for episodes of Consider Our Knowledge at iTunes and at our website, considerourknowledge.com. We'll also have some blog entries and bios of me and the other contributors for the show. That's all we've got for today's show, but please consider following us on Facebook and consider telling your friends about Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley.